chapter 22, the verses we're going to look at, which we looked at briefly, uh, we, we concentrated on Matthew 28, 19, and 20, but we're going to look at all of them in a kind of a, 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 a the title of the message is, is Greatness, How to Become Great. And these, these particular portions of Scripture are commonly designated to Bible scholars and congregations alike as being the Great Commission, the Great Invitation, and uh, what else is the other one? i got to turn my notes over. The Great Commandment. We'll start with the Great Commandment here. But before we start, I'd like to just bring us together one more time in prayer. Thank Brother Jay for bringing us together in prayer. Part of our worship service this morning is prayer, singing, and preaching. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word this morning. We thank you for Sunday school and the opportunities we've had in those regards in each individual here. We thank you for what you've done with this church and what you're doing with the individuals therein. We just ask that you continue to bless the things that come forth here and that we apply them to our lives and bless each and every one for being here in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 22, and I'll get my glasses on, Matthew 22, very common, the great commandment, Matthew 22, 36 through 40 is where we start with that. I'm going to start in verse 34, but when the Pharisees had heard that he put the Sadducees to silence, that was people that came to debate Jesus Christ about religion and were ignorant in faith. They came to challenge Jesus Christ, and he put them to silence in verse 34, verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus answered unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's a quote from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. This is the first and great commandment, Jesus said. The first and great commandment. And he's likening it to Exodus chapter 20 and the Ten Commandments we see there. And the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. A direct quote, nearly a direct quote from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. He finished with those two commandments. And I can say that uh, these are a summary of the Ten Commandments. The first four are written about honoring God and honoring his day and, and being obedient to him and loving him. No other gods before him. That's love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. That battle is still going on today. Satan is still struggling for your mind. I find myself sitting in front of the TV sometimes. I didn't watch, don't watch TV much, but I get mesmerized by entertainment. One of the ways Satan tends to occupy our mind, he wants a piece of the action too, see. What's another way we lose our mind? We can't love God with all our mind. Well, the big problem in this day and age is drugs, drugs and alcohol. When you take on those spirits, you're giving part of your mind to the powers of darkness. 
You know, they call it spirits. And there's a reason they call it spirits. And the reason they call dope, dope, because that's what it makes you as you give your mind over to it. <laughs> dope is dope. Those struggles are just as simple. We're to love God and strive to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. That's just part of it, part of life. Love your neighbor as yourself. Boy, am I having trouble with that one recently. I had trouble. sat down on the ferry right next to a neighbor yesterday. Had a wonderful discussion with the individual, and it was a blessing. No hard feelings, but it was a neighbor. You know, our neighbors... Uh, <laughs> I always use the illustration about kicking the neighbor's dog. Well, yesterday I got outside, and what's his name? Uh, I want to say Bruno, but the other big yellow dog here. Romeo, he's in love, because we got a female up there that needs loving. And uh, Romeo met me. At, I open up the door, and here's, Ro, here's Romeo looking me in the eyes. And I go, what are you doing here? I don't need any puppies, and you can't make them anyway. So, uh Love your neighbor as yourself. It's hard to stay straight with everybody. We have to be forgiving and loving and, and try to see it their way. And one of the best ways to see it their way is pray for them. You start praying for them and the Holy Spirit's going to work on you a little bit. Oh, you're praying for that guy. I thought you wanted him dead. <laughs> and he'll, t- he'll tell you. He'll help you. That's, what, that's where we gain strength over some of that. If we practice the great commandment, it'll truly make us great. You're one of the individuals in this church that practiced that commandment, and he had ought with a number of people, was Jim Stevens. Jim Stevens. But I never heard him say an unkind word. Another man of God was John. Never heard of him say an unkind word. He had plenty of reason to in different circumstances. So did Jim. Uh, I'm not God. I don't know what struggles they had with God about some of those incidences that have befailed them and befalled them, and, and, but they practiced it. And God will honor you as you practice it. He doesn't say be successful. He just wants you to practice because, you know, we all miss the mark. That's called sin. And he wants us to strive to get along with our neighbors. So we're going to take some different actions. I'm going to meet with the trustees on some of the incidences this church has had with the neighbors. And praise God, he'll honor us for it. He's already enlightened me and I hope us to our real needs here as a church. The next one, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, we looked at a little bit in Sunday school, and that's called the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I'm paraphrasing. And teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Uh, Brother Belcom, you're turning to it. Could you read that for us, please? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I'm just picking on you because I see you got it open and you're going there. Amen. The end of the age is something that's kind of 
showing up here lately. Yeah. You, know, you read 20 minutes of the news and you just, I can't believe it. One minute it sounds like people with sense are winning and the next minute it's just ridiculous. But what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to evangelize? Yeah. What are we, we're going to teach. We're going to teach. And that was the emphasis in Sunday school was on teaching. Sometimes we help and try to teach others so much we neglect it here at home. And there's nothing wrong with being exuberant and trying to get the gospel out all over the world. We need to practice it a little bit in our front yard, in our families. I'm amazed that sometimes I run into people that are raised in a Christian home, went to church every Sunday, and neglected other opportunities to learn, I'm sure. But I, I ask him about a different situation. Is this, is, do you remember in Scripture? And they look at me blank. They, they never were taught. They never were taught. You know, our first obligations to our children, are to our spouses, to ourselves. You're going to see that in the next verse, Matthew 20, Matthew 11, 28 through 29. I'll read that to you. Matthew 11. So, the great commandment we looked at, that's to go. This church has done a lot of that, and we have a wonderful missions program. I'm pleased. We send people. We go. We do. The great commission, that's Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. We have the great commandment to love, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. We work on love. We just went through a church exercise not too long ago. And we had to examine ourselves in love, where we stood on different situations. I expressed to you how I stood. You expressed to me how we stood. We understood miscommunication sometimes. We need to love one another. Another one, the great invitation. The great invitation. Matthew 11, 28, 29, verse 29. We'll start there. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come on to me. This is Jesus Christ. He's talking about the judgment. He's talking about who is wise. He's talking about the Sabbath here in the next chapter. He's talking about things. He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching his followers. And he comes to them and he says, Come on to me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This verse was very instrumental in me deciding to base my faith on God's word. You see, when I was a little man, I wasn't really very little. I was pretty round, but I was little at one time this way. And I, uh, I was getting witnessed to by an individual that later is upstairs. And uh, not way upstairs, just upstairs. And uh, some of you know the story. This is where I'm going. She drug me to Bible camp when I was a teenager. And uh, I was raised in a, in a, in a religion that emphasized following a leader, that emphasized uh, 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 ritual and pompous and just all kinds of stuff over God's word. And here I had a girlfriend that was telling me, oh, the Bible's what you got to follow. That's your way to heaven. That's God talking to us. That's God's love letter, Matthew 22, 36 through 40, to us as individuals. And I, I want to come back here just a second Matthew, you know how I get along with my neighbor? Matthew, 20, John 3, 17. 
Could you read John 3.17? You should be able to find it. <laughs> John 3.16 is where we all understand, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This next verse tells you how to deal with your neighbor. Read the next one. Thank you very much, young lady. That's how we get through. I get along. I get through loving my neighbor. I'm not going to condemn him. He's condemning himself or she, whatever the application is. Ah, that's God's the one that handles that. Okay, then we're going to go back to our original lesson, which is going to take us right back here where we were in Sunday school for a while. Matthew 11, 28, 29. It says, come unto me all at... Oh, I was on the story about being at Bible camp. And those people there at Bible camp, they weren't Baptists. They were Moody Bible Institute people who are responsible for a lot of people coming to know Christ through the Northwoods, Canada to be specific, right on up. And my wife come from a lumberjack family, uh, basically, and they had accepted Christ a long time ago up in the camps here in Canada. And so these people were fanatics. I mean, they had the ladies sit in the back of the church, and they wore a head. They, the ladies had to wear things over their head to keep their head covered, and the men all sat in front. They didn't ordain minister. Uh, somebody would stand up, go to the pulpit, and preach what God had on his heart, and then the next guy get up, walk to the pulpit, preach what he had, and sometimes they'd be in church from 10 o'clock to 3. Once in a while, they'd go, they'd go eat. They always brought in food. That's why I went. Uh, but those people trusted in God's word, even though, and one guy might get up and say, this is this, and this is it, and the next guy go up, I see it this way, and this is this, and this is it. Backed it up with scripture. You knew when he taught what he was going to, when he preached, this is what he was going to teach. And you knew what that guy was going to teach when he got up. It was interesting. It was confusing because I was used to uh, unload a great big hymnal and, and this is the holy and only and this is the way it goes. And, and it was confusing because I'd have to take care of the wine for the priest. So it was very confusing. Anyways, so I'm in this big room, and these people are preaching like I told you. They just go on and on and on, and I go, man, I have to use the baño. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm sitting in the back because that's where all the holy people sit, and I knew I could slip out, but my little girlfriend's grabbing me, and she'd hold my arm. You're not getting out of here. I says, I, I got to get out of here. No, you're not getting out of here. I want you to hear every bit of this. So I finally, he, he bowed his head to pray, and I says, I'm out of here. And I run up the hill to the baño, and I shut the door, and I go, these people are crazy. They think they do everything by the Bible. I shut the door, and I sit down, and this verse hit me in the face, 1128. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I was laboring, and I says, they're fanatics. But it impressed me that even their humor would run along scriptural lines. And uh, 
I, I received a blessing from it. And I made up my mind to live my life from the bathroom to the table to the dining room to the wherever you want to go, to my, to my car. I'm going to live it how God, I'm going to endeavor to live it because the Lord reminds me when I miss the mark. But I'm going to endeavor to live it according to God's word. And so there we are in verse 29. This is the verse I want to really touch on. Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you all know we work and try to, any of you that really try to do things God's way, it just doesn't seem like it's always easy, does it? It just seems sometimes pretty hard to, to uh, have your family get together, celebrate a holiday, and know that they are drinking, know that they're smoking, know that every dime they earned was through illicit gain. It's hard to be separate. It's hard to step away sometimes. It's hard. But God says it's easy. God says he'll make it easy. Do you see anything in there that would make it easy? There's hope in that scripture. Do you know what that hope is? That hope drove me to Bible college. That hope drove me to Bible college and Bible college and Bible college till I finally caught on to it. It says, take my yoke upon me, learn of me. If you take time and learn of God, everything else will come easier. I'm here to prove that. I'm here to say that. I was paralyzed, laying in a hospital bed, and my wife was laying there, sitting there next to me, bawling her head off when I finally come to, and I says, honey, what's wrong? And she says, he's moving, he's moving. And she gets up and grabs the nurses, and everybody's come running around. I go, what, what's the big deal? Well, are you hurting? Yeah, I hurt terrible. I can't hardly move anything up. I can't hardly sit up. I can't. She says, you know how long you've been under? I says, yeah, the doctor says three days you'd come out of the surgery. Three hours you'd come out of the surgery. You've been under three days. It's paralyzed from here down. Now I'm just paralyzed from here up. But I'm paralyzed from here down. 28 steps to the bathroom. 28 steps to the bathroom. I didn't have to come back but I made it 28 steps to the bathroom. They worked up pulleys and all kinds of stuff, and I'd crawl along on the ceiling, and, and then sometimes I'd get two steps. Sometimes I'd, it took me weeks to get out of bed. And you know what they did with me? And I think I was about 50 and a veteran. This all took place in the VA hospital. They took and put me in the old folks' home because my recovery was just how the nerves healed. And I laid there and prayed and talked to God. Fellow next to me died in his bed next to me. And we had a wonderful conversation, he and I did. Because when you're laying there with another man, he was saved. And we talked and we talked. Learn of me, and my burden will be light. You see that there? It says... Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely. 
He won't push himself on you. You're going to have to come to him. You're going to have to want to learn of him. Now, this morning in church, we, in Sunday school, we decided that, hey, we're going to take a little more time and we're going to emphasize teaching in this congregation because we all need to learn. I, I'm reading stuff right now. I'm reading over some of the stuff I wrote 20 years ago, and I'm going, this is kind of baloney. I'm going to change this, get it all back into print. But as you learn of God, as you seek God's will, as you watch and try to understand God's will in your life, as you come to him and explore what he has to say, as you spend time in his word. Oh, I had one lady tell me, you know, I, I read God's word every night. She says, first thing that puts me to sleep. <laughs> Try it. If that's what it takes, spend five minutes and fall asleep and push it back out on your nightstand. As you learn a hymn, it'll become easier. Your burden will become lighter. Things will change in your life. You'll have wisdom and understanding. You'll have under... There's a promise there. It says, take my yoke upon... Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. There it is, learn of me, and there's that semicolon. For I am meek and lonely. I will not push myself on you. There's another semicolon. And ye shall find rest. Those two statements, learn of me, and that I don't push, all hinge on the fact that you'll find rest if you take your time and seek God. You see those little semicolons? I think I got that right. So God has a duty for each one of us. He has a, a, a destiny for each one of us. He has things he wants us to do. He has things he wants to help us do. But you've got to go through that. How many words is that? I got it underlined. L, learn of me. Three words. You won't, you'll learn of him getting in his word. You'll learn of him going to, I don't need Sunday school. I've been saved 23 years. I, I know all there is in the Bible. Oh, yeah? Okay, how come you're struggling yet? I, I just talked to a person of a denomination where they think when they get so good, they're without sin. Holiness, people. And some of them are wonderful people, deceived, but wonderful people. But if they would spend time learning of God, they'd understand none of us, none is righteous, oh, not one. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And you're only going to find that out by listening to God's word, in dwelling in God's word, knowing someone who's practicing God's word. It doesn't come easy. It comes through knowing Jesus. And who is Jesus? Jesus said in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the word. And what he's imploring you here in this portion of scripture, as I wrap it up, is learn of me. Learn of my word. Take me and study me and make me part of your life. Now, the old illustration, I haven't used it in a long time, is... A lot of us know Christ as our personal Savior. 
and this body, we're the temple of God, and this room is your, represents your body, and we let Jesus, we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Here it is. He's in. Okay, I'm saved. That's great. That's good. I'm saved. Well, Jesus says, well, I want to get to be part of your life. I want to come into your house. I want to dwell in your temple. I want to be part of your dining room. I want to be part of your bedroom. I want to be part of your where you count your money. I want to be all over through your life. Oh, no, you just stay there. I'm saved. I want to go to church too often because I'll get convicted of something I am not doing or am doing. So you stay there by the door until... The cat dies, and I need somebody to call my heart. Come on in, Jesus. Come on in. He'll do it. Maybe not over the cat, but he'll, he'll come in and rescue you. But he sure would make it easier on you, and you'd make it a lot easier on yourself if you guarded your mind. That's back to Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 through 40. And you let him into your life. You want to see if you're doing something that God would approve of, that you'd feel comfortable with? Sit down the next time you uh, go into a house where they're serving alcohol and sit down and go, Dear Lord, I ask that you come and bless this meal I'm about to receive, bless this activity I'm about to take part in, and be with me as I throw darts tonight. Pretty rough, huh? It goes over real big in some places. This country, maybe you don't know, but uh, I talked to a guy in northern Wisconsin. I says, where do you go to church? He says, Joe's Tap. He says, what do you mean? He goes, Wednesday, we have darts. Sunday afternoon, we watch the football game there. We eat pizza there. We, we have our dining room table. Once in a while on New Year's, we're there every New Year's, and we're there at Christmas too. He says, preacher, I got a church. I got a place I go. God, if you want to know if God wants to accompany you, if you want true greatness, oh, everybody wants to be great to some degree. You want to be great to your children? You want to be great to your parents? Do you want to be great to your peers? Here it is. Read them every day. Try to practice them. That'll lead you to true greatness. Let's all stand. Even the world will measure you by great. You practice these things. Even the world will. If you love God or respect God, I'm putting this down to a worldly principle. If you respect and exalt a higher power, and if you love your neighbor and treat him the golden rule, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, if you do that, you'll be great in some people's eyes. If you try any of these to the best of your ability, you'll be great in God's eyes. I said to the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. About now I'd have Mama play the piano. But take a minute and see where you're at with God. Are you keeping him over by the front door? Are you, is he out on the porch? 
Maybe you haven't accepted Christ as your personal Savior, and he's out on the porch. Thank God you came in today yourself. He's standing out there in the rain. Invite him into your life. Make him part of your life. And if he's become part of your life, oh, become, why doesn't he become part of your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life? Maybe he wants to come on in and see where you got baptized. Maybe he wants to be part of your baptism. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe he wants to see where you go to church, where you spend Wednesday and Sunday nights, where you spend Sunday mornings. Have him come along. Invite him in. You know, oh, preachers, you don't understand. I got so many things on my, I got this and I got that and my this and my that's broken, this and that's going wrong. He says, invite me in. Let me come in. And my, your burdens will be light. Learn of me, and your burdens will be light. Try it. Try it. Ask him right now to be part of your life. To be part of your life. Make him a little more. Bring him past the front door. Bring him into the living room. Bring him into the kitchen. Bring him into the cabinets. Bring him into the refrigerator. Bring him into the library. Bring him into your books, your magazines. Let him sit down. Learn of him, and it'll all get lighter. Thank you, dear Lord, for these wonderful people here today. I thank you for their blessedness. I thank you for their, their trying, each one of us, trying to do what you'd want for us to do. They started here this morning. Lord, help them be with them the rest of the week. Be patient with me. Be patient with us. We know you love us. We ask your forgiveness. We ask your, for your grace. We thank you for that being showered upon each and every one of us. Help us to understand now. Help us to learn and help us to be more what you'd have us to be. All God's people said, Amen!